Welcome back to another episode of The Dragon's Den. My name is Austin Matra. I'm also here with Robert Jones. Again, we got a nice MLB podcast for you today. We're going to go over a season recap a little bit, talk a little bit about the All-Star break and my experiences with that, and just have a little fun talking MLB. How does that sound to you? Sounds pretty good. Sorry. I mean, so where do you want to start? I mean, last time we were here, we were playing. Uh, we did do an evolving preview. You want to kind of start, start it over? My all-star break? Yeah, we can go from the all-star break. I know you have a little something about your all-star break. You yeah. Share class? Yeah, I'll share with the class. So this all-star break, I had the privilege of being selected to go on a living sport trip to Seattle and help out with the all-star game. So what did that consist of? So when we were out there, we had a lot of meetings with Seattle business professionals in the sporting industry, met people from the Sounders, Seahawks, people who ran Climate Pledge Arena, etc. XFL teams, Seattle Sea Dragons, met a lot of different people, learned a lot. After that, we got to work the MLB Experience team, which ran, runs the Fan Festival outside of the stadiums. So, you know, we'd be running activation booths, doing all sorts of different things. I really loved working with the VR technology and the home run derby. It was truly a fun experience while we were there. Got a nice tops box, box, Julio Rodriguez exclusives. Shouldn't have opened it up. Goes for about 250 bucks on eBay now. Would have had five times my profit if I just sold it for that value. But instead I opened it and didn't pull a single good card. That's life for you, right? So I did see a few also into the MLB draft. The MLB draft. It was unlike anything I'd really ever like thought of. So we were paid actually to sit in the front. So with the MLB televised draft, those first couple sections are actually all volunteers. We were all part of the people working play ball park. But for the MLB draft, that was actually another one of our shifts. So we were able to get paid to sit there and watch the MLB draft. We got some cool swag. I got a nice Royals t-shirt. I love my guy, Bobby Witt, electric player. Got a nice Royals shirt, gave out some swag. You just got to have a great time. It was hosted in Lumen Field. So we got to go down on the field and they had this really cool stage set up. That was a great stage. More on mountain-ish. I got some nice pictures, yeah. And then when the Yankees pick was up, all the Yankees fans went up. What did I say? Oh, the shortstop. He called the shortstop for him. Like, nah, they got Volpe and they got Peraza. I don't think they'll go shortstop, but they did. So we all went up to the side and they would sing like the team songs when Boston was. I had some friends who go up on the trip and they were singing Sweet Caroline. So we got to sing some Frank Sinatra. And then by the second verse, everyone lost their voices and forgot their lines. So that was fun. Luckily, I don't think that made it to national television, my singing wonders, but it was, it was a cool experience. You did also see an HBCU game, HBCU Swingman Classic. That was a very fun experience, too. Player from Brooklyn, New York, actually won MVP. He had a double in the eighth inning and then stole the bag and hit the road and got the winning run in they won 2-1 it was a it was a pretty exciting game even though it's low scoring there's a lot of like small ball played because it's college kids they're not hitting the ball as far in these big league parks but there are a lot of stealing a lot of 
and just like very good old school baseball. And it was very fun and entertaining to watch. And then finally we're ended off. So I had purchased tickets to the home run derby. And let me tell you. Didn't come with it? Nah, didn't come with it. We didn't uh, get it. Like experiences, like as part of the team, we weren't able to work inside the games because that's run by T-Mobile Field and all the other various MLB teams have staffers that come and work those games. But as a fan, I went to the Home Run Derby and I think that's been the greatest crowd experience I've been a part of. I've been to Buffalo playoff games, etc. Yankees, Astros, but... Home Run Derby was unlike anything I'd ever been a part of. I mean, the craziest thing was Julio hitting his, breaking the record for home runs in a round in the Derby at home, at his own stadium. That was, that was genuinely electric. There's no other words to describe it. It was an awe-inspiring moment. And I'm very grateful I had the opportunity to go out there and work for the MLB with their activation booths and at their VIP parties, be a part of the draft experience. I made it on TV and just, it was a really awesome experience I had out in Seattle. And I highly recommend anyone sign up for a living sport program if they have a chance and have the resources to do so. But it was one of the craziest sporting experiences I've ever had in my life. Even even when Pete Alonzo was up, people were still chanting Julio's name. <laughs> and I I was a little upset because I had to watch Randy Rosarena and Vlad go at it. And I'm a Yankees fan, so I had to sit there and watch these two guys that kill my team go back and forth at it. But Vladdy came out great in the end. Adley switch hitting, that was very exciting too. He he bat lefty. And then when he went to bonus time. No one expected it. He shifted sides of the plea and they have all the kids in the outfield and they all had to run to the other side of the field before Adley started setting up and cranking him out the other way. And what made it even better was he just started cranking them like one after the other, after the other, like in a row. And it was electric. Luis Robert had a great first round and then I believe he got hurt. Just even though it's not a traditional sporting like game, it was so much more exciting than the all-star game or something similar because there's more of a fun atmosphere around. I really like the MLB's all-star break because what they're able to do is just let loose and have fun, basically. You know, everyone's on the sidelines, hanging out, having a good time, unless you're Pete Alonzo and you're deadlifting and preparing. <laughs> but it's unlike any other atmosphere. And... The NFL has begun to take a page out of their book from switching from the game to the flag football seven on sevens and the skills contests. And they're starting in the right direction with it. And I think there's a lot more to be held, but the NFL is lacking a little bit, I still feel like. But it was fun to see linemen get involved this year, but it's the MLB podcast, not the NFL podcast. So tell me, what do you think about all these rookies coming up this year? I thought it was great. I mean, there's definitely a different amount of rookies like Colby Shear, Pierre Jensen, Bobby Ray, Maria Rodriguez, with one class, Pierre Lander, another class being forward and judged. I just feel like this year's class was definitely much more. I feel like a lot of impasse, like Dale Cruz, Bobby, Corby Hero, 
was in the MVP race. He's definitely up there in the European League. Probably not MVP anymore. But he's there's been a very many rookies that came up this year and made an impact on teams. Even people that came up for a couple of games had an impact on teams. Even in September, we're seeing all these September call-ups have effect on teams. You know, the Mariners have been calling up their young pitching core all year long just to show that they can develop talent after, like, on top of each other. And then, like you said, Corbin Carroll with his combination of contact, power, and electric speed, perfect 5 tool player. Another great 5 tool player is Elliot De La Cruz. Came up, hit and stole the league by storm, hit a cycle in his first couple of games. Then he was able to steal a couple bases in like two pitches. I believe he went from first to second, second to third, and then third to home. Not on a pass ball. He stole home. Truly a remarkable feat. Next year, I can't wait to see him versus O'Neill Cruz. That's going to be fun because they're basically the same type of player. Yeah, so with O'Neill Cruz, he did get Andrew sliding. It was a weird slide. I'm almost a catcher trying to win for his leg angle-ish. And it was, it was kind of, I thought it was kind of funny. Charles, he was flying on the ground injured and there was actually a fight. So he believes it was a horrible slide. Of course, keeping drying in faces for a favorite baseball for the GoPro. A lot of push and shove in and he was just on the ground, trying to be intended to. But I mean, I do believe it was very close. We definitely have more to meet with Jackson Holiday, which. Is already in bolster. What's our role for that year next level like this? Gunnar Henderson also came up this year and has played great. I really like the Orioles, even though I'm a Yankees fan. They have some very exciting young players. Even though he's not a rookie in the traditional sense, Kodai Senga has been very good for the Mets. You know, coming from an international free agent. Andrew Abbott, another Reds player. The Reds really had a lot of impactful rookies that meet, that accelerated their rebuild this year, I would say. I feel like this year's team has definitely been very dull. I feel the Reds have definitely gotten much stronger. For the Orioles, who is the team, could say to beat minus maybe the Astros or maybe the Rays, which you really didn't think they'd be too much this year, but for how many people are following up, they could make a run of the World Series. I do so believe that rebuilding was a common theme with the Diamondbacks. They had a really good first half. I will not say too much in the second half. The Brewers for a few guys up. Um, it's a long season. You got to be able to sustain that success. And that's what the issue with rookies usually is. They're not used to playing those long games. And Hunter Green, another, not necessarily rookie, but a young player for the Reds. I watched his podcast with Mookie Betts. This is Mookie Betts. Highly recommend it. Great listen and or watch. I usually try to watch that one. But he was talking about how he's never really pitched that much before he got called up. Like... He never pitched more than a hundred or like two hundred innings, I think he said, before he got called up to the majors. And then a lot of these rookies have to adjust to these increased workloads and, you know, way better competition. So it's very intriguing to me how they're able to do this and the rookies are able to come up and kind of shoulder the load. Anthony Volpe came up and has played almost every game this year for the Yankees. Especially a shortstop, which is a very demanding position. I like how you did say that when they're hitching one of the reviews to some Orleans. They have a picture of a naked Nero Perez. Here he plays. Which he pitched a lot. He was really dominant and had a really good ERA. It was going late seven and three. And the Marlins decided half of the year when they were making a push 
went along with their, but anyways, they actually had them thrown back in the miners. They were fearing they never worked overworked, and he believed pitching limit would have been 170 innings, but he was already doing that at not even towards the end of the first half of the year. Yeah, I mean, and the other issue is some of these pitchers come out and they're so good. Obviously, their managers are going to leave them in the game, you know. If you have a couple of hit, like, no runs through four innings, you're going to keep pushing your pitcher along. You don't want to necessarily tax your bullpen and others and, like, rely on long relievers and maybe even have to call up another starter. So they're going to push these young guys, and then they get overworked, and some of them fall off the tracks, others aren't. And they keep pushing through. And I do feel like a good subject for this with Jacob DeGrom. The Mets was a big workforce. That actually now is on the Rangers. Even with the Mets previously, it's been all season ending or an elbow. So shorter. Well, when he pitches, there's no denying he's a top three pitcher in baseball. And you can even look at the way it's Green was projected out of the draft a workforce pitcher. But now he's looking with all these injuries and the Reds manager basically, hey, let's try and limit you. I'd love to see him add another pitch because also on that podcast, he mentioned he didn't read. He, he was a position player. He never really pitched. He just had a really good arm. And they're like, hey, you should start pitching because you can throw really fast. So I think Hunter Green might be one of those guys that kind of develops later and adds a couple more pitches, maybe can get a cutter or something like that into his mix or like a slider, a sweeper. Sweepers have been huge this year. And just kind of working forward towards getting his arsenal back up and strengthening his arm. He's an electric pitcher, and the Reds are a really fun young team to watch, but they, they're just really close, but I don't think they're there yet this year. Maybe not even next year. And you would also have to add the fact that a lot of these rebuilding teams like Baltimore and Cincinnati and Arizona, that they're not big murder teams, so it's not like they can grab a few guys for the offseason and be like, hey, we're good. Get maybe some, a few 200, $300 million contracts. Yes, the New York teams, the LA teams can do that. But if you look at, especially Kansas City, and I feel like one team that's doing that right now would be the Orioles. Who is all rookies and not on huge deals. And a big outfielder on a waiver claim named Aaron Higgs. Yankees outcast. Didn't play too well at the beginning of the season. The Yankees were finally fed up with it. Caught him. Orioles pick him up. Joins the Orioles. Becomes a platoon bat. And lo and behold, he started pretty hitting pretty well for them. Cooled off. But... He's been playing better in Baltimore than he has with the Yankees, and that's also been a trend recently. Joey Gallo's been playing better in Minnesota, and a lot of players recently that have come to New York, once they leave, they've just been a lot better. But you can also look at Sonny Gray from the Twins, who's an All-Star, has a really good season. An amazing season this year, too. 2.8 ERA, double vision wins. I feel like you can also add with New York and L.A., mostly. A lot of external pressure with being in New York, the press, the fans. I mean, we've opened the Yankees and we've seen how relevant the fans can be. You, you boo the people, you know, they'll boo an MVP candidate if he goes 0 for 3 in a big game. You know, you play the Rays and your lineup isn't hitting. They don't care how good or how bad you are. They will treat you mercilessly. They will boo you out of town until you start doing better. But 
if you play great, then they love you. It's it's two extremes in New York, and they flint back and forth very easily. So with that being mine, I want to get into the division you just. So I did say earlier that the Orioles and the Rays are a two-team race from the ALEs. Who are you thinking? Orioles. The Rays have fallen off a little bit this year. They lost their starting shortstop due to certain allegations where they are completing an investigation into that right now. So I don't really want to speak on that, but he is not playing with them anymore, and he has an elite glove, and it obviously hurt their team. And the Orioles are one of those teams that they're young, they're fiery. I can see them getting into the postseason and just like being electric. There's certain teams where someone like the Dodgers, they're very professional. They're very detail-oriented. And that's the Dodgers. That's their baseball. They're a great team. But sometimes these young rookie teams like come in there with this sense of fire and Sometimes they don't do so great. Other times they come in and they go and rip off some amazing games in a row and they can carry that momentum. And I would say, especially with this, that the Yankees big concern in fourth place. A lot of performance had the lowest batting average out of all the 30 teams. A lot of recently, a lot of bullpen issues. A lot of people getting injured. Especially Nestor Cortez, one of their top pitchers, being out. Luis Severino's having a near seven ERA. Frankie Matas has done up there. Also, lost their top prospect, Jason Dominguez, who's been lining it up with maybe a week's play, had about just around 300 average, three whole runs. And then he tears his UCL. Yeah. Which is honestly a big issue with the Yankees medical staff. They've had. Lots of drama this year. Apparently, Jason Dominguez said he's, his arm was feeling tight before that, and then he had a significant pain on a very bad throw in the Dodgers game. You can see there was, or in the Tigers game, excuse me, that there wasn't much on that. And then he tripped play, and then formed UCL. I mean, he's younger than I am, so I think he'll rehab back very nicely. You know, I get hurt playing in a flag football game, and I feel sore the next day, but... He's a professional athlete, so I'm sure he'll come back great. But then the Rizzo concussion symptom scandal, he has a little not himself this year. And there's just been so many issues with the medical staff this year where we thought Luis Severino still could have been heard. And it brings serious doubts into question about them. So I found this really interesting. We'll get into this right now. But AOE's lot of... The Orioles and the A1 wins as of today, September is the T. The Rays that A, now it's looking at the AL Central, where the Red Sox and Yankees tied with a 73 and 72 record, would be second place in four games back. Twins have 76 playing, the Guardians have six and nine place, and the Royals, they've been having their moments of having fun teams, as when he says, Barbie and Lex Alvarez is having a game. I would highlight that they have a new reliever to starting pitcher for Cole Reagans. Oh, you love Cole Reagan. You know, they suffered early in the year with Vidi Pascantino going down for the rest of the year, but they'd be a nice team to watch next year. I'd like to see the Guardians win because I'm a big fan of Jose Ramirez even before his boxing match on second base with Tim Anderson, but 
I don't think they really have it in them this year. But I do think that the Twins will be able to come back. And I think they're a first-round exit. I don't think anyone's really expecting much out of the Central. It seems the West and the East really have all the juggernauts. The West have the Astros, Mariners, and the Rangers. And the Rangers are still falling off, but they're still a good team. And then the East has the teams we previously mentioned. I think the Mariners wind up coming out of the West, though. And so? I think they do. I think they pull it out. Uh, they're, they're another one of those scrappy young teams that has a fire under them. Last year in the playoffs, they overcame a huge deficit to come back in Toronto and win, make this the next round of the playoffs, where they didn't fare so well against the Astros, but they showed they have that fire and grit to them. Does overall, if we look at it, Phil Finchley, Orioles have the one seed, Asher to the second seed, I believe those are two buys. And yes. Orioles get a buy. The Twins are the third seed, um, best with the Rays for the 89 wins, which is funny because they're second best in the AL record wise. Would be a wild card team. And if you look at the rest of these teams, the Twins, the Rangers, and the Mariners would all compete for that final wild card spot. So when you were looking at the Mariners, might have taken in a way, it would still be the Rangers, Astros, and Jays. So it would be a free team race for the final wild card spot. I mean, if you look at the Rangers, they some really interesting moves in Max Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery, all story of that starting pitcher role. And then you also have Rory Shaman, who's not been the best. The tree for Cole Reagans, I would like to add. That's an interesting team. Corey Seager, I mean, if he could have at least played the first half of the season, we could be looking at the MVP. If also Shohei never had those injury news. We still, it's gotta be in. Yeah, I would like to say that, but I feel like there's a lot of voter fatigue. But the NL MVP race is very interesting. And as we transition to the NL for divisions, I want to talk about the NL MVP race. So who do you think is going to win? I truly do think Roto Comedia. I feel like it's going to go into a two-minute race. Up. I do see that Matt Olson does have the 50 home runs. He does have the home runs. He does also, I believe, have the... RDS and I yes he, he's got it all I mean the thing with Matt Olsen he just broke the franchise record last night I believe for home runs and it's funny how the Braves let Freddie Freeman while he was another Dark Horse MVP tender may hit 60 doubles this season replace him with Matt Olsen he's doing great you have Acuna in right field for the Braves and Acuna in right field for the Dodgers so I would like to see that postseason matchup. That's going to be electric. I was watching some of the regular season games out in LA a week or so ago. Those were very fun to watch. They really went at it very strong. So, I mean, if we technically look at betting odds, which sure we could say here, it would be Ryan Cunha. I would say, I like how you did mention Matt Olson also, but Mookie Betts obviously number two spot for sure. Yes, he did believe, say, that Freddie Freeman did go to Edward. They replaced him with Matt Olsen. I think both teams technically won that trade. Do well, have, I mean, Freddie Freeman just left, but they did trade for Matt Olsen. That's from the that's for athletics. But, I mean, I guess you could say as a replacement. As a replacement, yeah. It worked out for both of them. But I think because of the fact that Mookie Betts may do 40 for 60, 40 homers, 60 stolen bases, 
just because of the milestone that that represents. He may even hit 4070. I think because of that milestone, he'll win MVP. Isn't that a Cunha? Yes. My bad. I didn't mean Mookie. I meant to Cunha. But Mookie Betts may be playing better, especially with his electric month. But those counting stats still matter a lot. And doing something like 4070 is still a huge accomplishment. So I think it goes to Acuna, but Mookie Betts can definitely get it. And who knows, maybe one wins MVP, one wins World Series MVP. You never know. So I do feel like Freeman and Olsen have had races. But I believe it's going to come down to Acuna and Betts. I would like to go off the stats there. Acuna does have the average. Betts barely has the home runs by three as of today. Betts barely has the RBIs. Acuna, of course, has the steals. But the OPS wise, the best has 0.03. I do believe that Betts has some more advantage, but I do. Some people don't really understand the ideology of work. And I feel like that's some deficit and bias for the old MVP voters. Because, yes, we're in ancient analytics, but back then, war wasn't as huge of a stand, talking point, or a detail. To determine an MVP, you can also go by team play, which they've both been very yeah. good. It's it could really go either way. Like I think we both said, our personal choices is Acuna, but Mookie Betts is just such a fun player to watch, a great personality. They both are, so I'm sure they'll both win them. But they Mookie's won one before. I don't believe Acuna has, but they're always in contention for it. And, you know, the Atlanta Braves 40 clinched postseason contention with their 95 and 50 pace, but the NL Central is still undecided a little bit. Milwaukee is still 81 and 63, is winning the division. The Reds are seven games behind, and the Cubs are only four. But I think Milwaukee will be able to hold on down the stretch and secure the central with their pitching. Their pitching has been looking a lot better. They, they had a no-hitter into the 10th inning a couple of games ago. And lost. And they lost. But uh, they look very good. And then the Dodgers, once again, 88 and 56. Clearly had that division around though. Yeah. But it does matter with playoffs. I would also say the NL Central. I did like how our previous encounter with baseball banned me. February, March, April-ish, that we thought the curve was brewing at all in that division at least. But then... They've fallen off. I believe we did have a pre-MLB preview. And before we came well, for summer, the Pirates were that big talking team with a small market team playing well. Did fall off since we rest us. Now in fourth place, current wins fifth place. The Reds were also had a little run of their own. They're in third. They're one game out of the wild card race right now. And there's been a lot of shocking teams in the NL this year. I mean, the Mets have fallen off. They didn't perform to expectations. Their pitchers really, their two-star pitchers showed their age. The, the Padres are a very confusing team, to say the least. They, they are loaded with talent, but yet they can't string it together. So... They're almost out of contention. They're eight games back. The Mets are nine from the wild card. 
But the Marlins are a game and a half back. The Giants are a game and a half back. The Reds are a game. And Philly is leading the wild card standings right now. Chicago is two games above the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks are the last team. Do you think you see those three teams hanging out, or do you see a little bit of a shakeup as the season draws to its conclusion? I don't believe that the Diamondbacks just man. I believe the Phillies can have that manageable run. They've been the past few days. A few days ago, I believe that they win that game. They did lose yesterday to the Braves. The Braves are the Braves. But if we look at the other team, we need the Diamondbacks to look them really good. They have only me, Cy Young, Witter, Zach Allen leading their rotation. Or Blake Snell with the Padres. He's found two spots. I believe. I don't know. Are, yeah. The Phillies, I feel like, are a lot. And they're another one of those teams where they can get red hot and they can start hitting. Bedlam at the Bank last year was an electric moment for Bryce Harper and for the Phillies as a whole and against oh that was that was one of those baseball moments that is just beautiful to watch and i'd love to see them replicated but the next five or so teams are just kind of muddy the chicago cubs have a two-game lead on the diamondbacks right now but they're known to have cold streaks at times they've been good so far cody bellinger has really been folding that team down you never know. So it'll be interesting to see if they can hold on. I think Arizona is a pretty consistent team. They're not going to go too crazy, go too hot or go too cold. But my hot take is that the Marlins make the playoffs. I think they'll sneak into the last wild card spot. They'll go on a little run. They've lost their last two, but they're six and four over the last 10. Have played about 500 ball inside the division. And I think they just need a couple of games to go their way. And with their pitching, Sandy Alcantara hasn't had the greatest year, but you only need one or two good starts to become an MVP of a series. Truly, it's, it's insane how very little pitchers can mess up in the playoffs. Hitters have seven games to hit, but your star pitcher may only have one or two starts. And a series may be a relief appearance if you really need that. That's just me. I do see a lot that the Diamondbacks are at least going to play the Cubs once. They're also going to play. I see like a lot of these overall in Tom Wild Herd teams do play the Pirates. I also see just a lot of them are playing each other. I actually really can't meet that judgment until maybe last week of September. But it really depends how these teams play against other top wildfire teams to make that drift. I, right now, know is that there's going to be some great baseball down the stretch this year for those wild card spots. I mean, the AL wild card is basically down to a 14 race at this point uh, with Toronto, Seattle, Texas, Rangers, and the Rays. But the NL has much more volatility to it, I believe. Yes. So I'm going to be watching a lot of NL baseball coming up, I feel like. And even though, like, there's certain teams in the NL that just, they seem exciting and full of potential. I mean, the Nationals hasn't been great record-wise, but they've had a lot of very young contributors to that team. Lane Thomas has been great for them. Caber Ruiz, CJ Abrams. 
you know, Colorado Rockies are just hitting the Rockies. But I think that, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals, they never stayed out for long. I do believe they're going to regrow it out. They did say that they were going to trade Paul Goldschmidt and toss at least a trade deadline. I do believe that's still going to happen. Dalton Arnado is honest. He's like early mid thirties. Yeah, but he's still going to produce elite defensively. That really that doesn't go away with age usually. How do you really like we have this record sixty four eighty one seventeen and a half games out as of today? They think they're just going to. Clear house, trade top guys on prospects, trust again. If they're old, they might go. You know, that division necessarily isn't the strongest. The Centrals are, have usually been kind of the weakest divisions in baseball in recent years. But you only, you don't need to be playing, you don't have to keep up with the Braves and the Dodgers to necessarily win. But I think they may try to reboot for a year or two. They always come back strong. So it'll be nice to see that. I mean, since maybe like the early 2000s, there have been kind of a clear winner in that division. But as of lately, it's kind of the last few years, it's been a lot of flip flops. The Cardinals won it a few times, the Brewers won it in time. The Lotus won it in 2020. A lot of flip flops. I mean, you can also look at the NOS. It's always been in the division. Padres, I believe, had it once. Or they did beat the Dyson in the playoffs. Just look at the NL East has been Braves for a while. That NL Central, even when we had this first MLB Trinity broadcast, it was really hot. It's winter. And you know, the Brewers so are three games. I mean, they have the four games on the Vision of the World Coast in the second place, but we still have one games. Side that, and you never know that a lot of teams like previously, like the Mets, has had very poor September runs that have cost them divisions. You never know if the Brewers might do that. They do have lead pitching for um, Woodruff, Forbin Burns, and Veralto, which why would you not? That's a scary three trio if they make proceed, but it's a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Baseball is just shaking off to be really good this year. And who do you think do you have going into the last in each division? So, like, the ALCS and the NLCS, who do you see matching up? I mean, we see this the past few years that the top teams have not made it, which I found really interesting, the NL, which the Dodgers lost to the Padres. Graves lost to the Phillies. I mean, we'll be on paper and see where we're on I don't know who we saw Graves. We did say that last year. They did get socks. So I do have that little asterisk next to it. Looking at this now, I feel like they're losing Braves. You never know if the Phillies can make that magical running game. But I feel like one. I do feel at least one of the breathing the Dodgers are reading it. I don't believe both. Yeah, and they are going to be on opposite sides of the bracket based on their seating. So it'll be interesting. But 
I think I'd have to go with Braves Dodgers. I know it's the obvious choice, but I don't think Philly would get hot again. There's definitely the opportunity for them, but the Braves have been so dominant this year, especially in division. And 29 and 9 in division, the Phillies are 18 and 23 in division. You know, that doesn't necessarily bode well for postseason success. So I think it's going to be Atlanta versus Dodgers, but I could see one of those wild card teams or the Brewers making things difficult, pushing it to like four or five game series in the NLDS. I can't exactly predict who they will be playing, but I know it'll be pretty good. And what about the AL? I would say before the AO that I feel like the Dodgers are going to be the one that's going to be out just because they have Kershaw. They had Julio Rios had allegedly bad stuff happened to him and he's out indefinitely. Tony Goslin is injured. I believe they weren't you were from that. No, he's not coming back. He's gone. Year. It's just been a lot of young guys that could cross them overall. Yes, they do have a really good one two punch in Freddie Freeman and Pookie Betts. And the and rest of their lineup is very good, too. Very good with ball under and young guys. Also, Max Muncy's in there. But I didn't feel like the Dodgers were down. If we were talking with at least the AL, I feel like it's going to go to an AL list team. My, my hot take is it's going to be a Baltimore Mariners ALCS if they're on opposite sides of the bracket. Yes. Now, if they're on the same side of the, as the bracket, I think we could get I just see a wildcard team making it through in the AL because all of wildcard teams are very good. Um, Baltimore may not wind up winning the division. The Razor are only a couple games behind, but I think that there's going to be some very interesting wildcard teams that can go for a run. The Rays are always a threat with their great pitching and their consistent hitting. And I really believe that Baltimore is that team this year. They've done a great turnaround. They look amazing um, on the field and off the field. So, and I think their fan base would just give them that energy, like Philly did last year. That home field advantage, I feel like, would play so strong for them compared to teams like the Rays or Minnesota. Seattle also has a really strong home field advantage. I could feel, I could see. Obviously, Toronto would if they made it far, but when Hayden Tolbert Lee wild card last year against yeah. the Mariners. Yes. I mean, like, there's also a little frustration on the Warriors, just lack of postseason experience because they're being led by a lot of young guys, which I don't, people have different speculation on and experience matters. I mean, if you go with people in do, you can look at Rushman, has never made the postseason. Gutter Anderson, Anderson, the Red Wallace, you're even clear. I mean, experience can be a double-edged sword. Without experience, you can either go in there fired up and you can keep going. If you if you win a really good first game and a second game, then you can keep it rolling. But experience is also really good because in case you get down in a game one and are behind in a game two, that experience really, that level-headedness in the playoffs can really help you right the ship and get things moving forward in a better direction. And then the outlier that would be Rainers. The Rainers arrived a few years ago. I believe it was the Schwinn season with the Rays finally being back and him just going berserk. Nuclear. Exactly. That would be an outlier to 
someone who would not believe that, but that's also on the table. I mean, I feel like the veteran team would be the Astros. Just like, they're proud. They've the been there. They've they're there every year. Now, even when they're down, they're never out. You can never count them out until they are not playing anymore. It doesn't matter if they're down five runs and they're down three to one in the series. It they always find a way to fight back because of, like you said, that experience, that level-headedness. Whereas a younger team might see that and get discouraged. The Astros know how to fight through that. So there's just like two extremes once again with the AL where there's a lot of young teams where they can come out and be very exciting and really have a spark. And there's a lot of experienced veteran teams that can come in and be very methodical and kind of march their way through postseason success. So I believe you did this before. If there are a few contenders to the CS, I mean, they're also with the NL too that teams tend to get hot. And you can definitely see this with this wild card between currently right now, the Rangers merit, the Rangers merit, the team team race. I feel like. The Rays may have, honestly, really have the best of ever. And the Mariners have a good team. The Rangers have a great team. We can, we could see those teams maybe as like a Phillies underdog, just a classy. So if I were to kind of look at this now, I would say Rangers Rays. And some hot takes. That's a very hot take, but that's the series I'd love to see. My take is I'm a big, I'm on the Baltimore train hot this year. You know, Houston could even fall out of the standings. Just, eh, I don't really know if they'd fall out, but they could definitely fall to a lower seed, not necessarily be a division winner. So I could see them, you know, getting trounced, but early. But I think Baltimore versus the Dodgers, you know, the old guard versus the young guns almost. David versus Goliath. The, Vol- the Orioles have fought through so much to get there, and they're finally here. They have a shot versus the Dodgers, who have been here. They know what's up, and they're going to try to keep them down. But I think the Orioles could do it this year. That's my pick. I think the Orioles win the World Series. Oh, we want to we wanna give Orioles on the way over with predictions. Yeah. I'm going to say the Orioles win the World Series, and... Seven games. I think it could go seven. And my World Series MVP is going to, even though they lose, I think Mookie Betts will come out and play very well and have some amazing plays. He's Mr. Clutch. He's been there before with the Red Sox. He's done it. So I think he could do it again. But if I need an Orioles team MVP, the obvious choice is Adley. And I'm going to have to go with Adley, that premium catching spot. And he hits so well out of it. Well, I know last week in it one series pulled away. But I know we are kind of wild for it from there. We are in September for baseball. And we're going to go like that. I'm going to go with the Braves. There could be that little, like, upset at the previous years. I'm going to go Braves older. Whoever wins the And I'm going to go with an end. Sean Worth or Travis Steiner. Sean Murphy has had has been electric at times this year. He could have a nice hot streak. I'm gonna go Darn Darnell. If believe he is still Yes. I'm gonna give him a Darn. Just because like on a DH spot. Yeah. But never know. Because you've seen that in the past with Sean 
Sean Pence. The name was from the Red Sox. Who was the first baseman to English government for a few spots. Was hot. They brought him on for the post-innings fairings. And one, beat the Dodgers. I believe that was the Sean Pence for the was at UP. Not really sure on the first name, but I'm going to go around. Most of the time, we do World Series. We're going to go so I don't believe we should go really too many CLCs. There's one thing I want to talk about, and it's not MLB related. It's more NFL related, but I feel like it's big enough news where you have to talk about it. The Aaron Rodgers Achilles injury. It's a little bit off topic, but that's just a big general sports news that, you know, we were kind of talking about the NFL preview last week and Jets season almost looks like it went out the window, but somehow they pull off a win on Monday night in MetLife Stadium. And I will say this about it. It's going to be interesting watching them going forward, seeing how they bounce back, seeing if they're able to bounce back. Sauce Gardner didn't have his best game necessarily. It's still Stefan Diggs. He's held him down twice before. So you never know, but... It's a very weird situation. They put all their chips into Aaron Rodgers, and he just hasn't played. So, you know, that mojo is still there. Does Aaron Rodgers come back and help coach up Zach Wilson, which I think will happen? I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be a top 10 quarterback, but I think he could win them games and try to get them to the playoffs if he can get past the Patriots. He did have a few very good third down ratings in that game. So straight away in your third quarter, fourth quarter, which eventually didn't win that game. I mean, he didn't look pretty in the first when Rogers went down in the first half. That's no also one looked pretty. Well, Except Brees Hall. You said Brees Hall. That uh, he's back. You never we were talking about that. It's like, but I mean, for Zach Wilson, he might say he would not be Larry Rogers. Rogers. Yeah, full place. That right. I will say, which kind of the holding up that run game is perfect with. I remember at one point he had Bruce Hall had two rushes, one hundred something yards. Yeah. yeah, and the issue with that is Brees Hall. You can tell he wasn't a hundred percent healthy or conditioned. Normally, he's able to finish that long run and bring it to the end zone, but he wasn't able to, which is fine. But. I think that a combo of Cook and Hall and Carter and that the right side of the line with Elijah Vera Tucker and Beck didn't look very good in run blocking. They had, yeah, they had some very good run blocking. Like, I think pass blocking, I mean, we could, I don't want to get the next lead, but they were going to trouble the Cowboys. But that run blocking. Yeah. So that's basically it for today. Any closing words on the MLB season or anything else? I want to go with the NFL. I do have some. I have a bone to pay. What did I tell you? What? Well, I guess when you don't throw for a single yard, the under is always there. I feel bad for everyone who bet that on an underdog fantasy. Wish. Half a yard. (laughs) The under was always under half a yard. My thing is, there's a lot of great baseball. There's a lot of great baseball to be watched. Definitely keep in tune and... Shout out to Living Sport for having me on their program. I learned a lot there. Just wanted to throw that back in on the back end. And you guys should definitely check out their program. All right. That's the Dragon's Den signing off.